Welcome to the Benzinga Interviews Podcast. I am your host, Tony Noto. My guests today are VC Pros, Arya Vadia, and David Bloom of Kyber Knight Capital. How are you, gentlemen? Good to see you. Thanks Great for having us. You, Thanks for having us. Artificial intelligence is top of mind. It's always a trending topic, especially here at Benzinga.com. We've been doing our best to cover it, and we've been doing a, a pretty swell job. But it seems every day gets more and more turbulent, and more and more people get nervous about it. So I'm hoping our conversation can do one of two things. One, inform folks who aren't very familiar with the potential of AI, and two, maybe alleviate some of the fears that people might have of AI. I don't know if they will. Um, right now, as we speak, the uh, actors and writers, SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild of America are on strike. A big pain point that they bring up is that their jobs are going to be taken from AI or those that are in charge of the companies are going to wield AI and uh, change what this, this old industry that Hollywood is uh, for the worse. And, uh, but that's only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's, there's so many ways that AI is being integrated in not just entertainment, but across all sectors. So I'm going to, because I have both of you on the show, uh, we're going to bounce back and forth uh, and hearing your thoughts about um, AI's current place in the dialogue. Uh, and uh, we'll start with David. David, how did you react when, as an investor, uh, looking at AI as a place to put venture capital, uh, and you see this upheaval in the news, uh, there's rarely a, a, a positive sentiment <laughs> as it relates to AI. What, what's, what's your immediate take? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, AI has been, uh, I guess, something to fear in Hollywood specifically, or just pop culture, right? It's always been these, oh, what could happen, right? The, the downside, I think, as our profession kind of requires, right? We're, we're pretty optimistic people. We think that future in technology will be a, a, a net benefit um, th- uh, going forward. That's not to say there's not going to be pushback with every de- technology, with every any new innovation. Um, people will feel it, right? And it, it will require us to adapt and change. So um, I personally, I'll let Ari tackle the, the Hollywood side of things, but I'm, I'm excited. Um, a lot of these older industries that, People aren't going that people aren't going to as much. They're not going to trade schools. They're still fundamental to our economy and we can't just let them go away. Right. And so I actually believe the AI's ability to use data and actually understand kind of the, the tribal knowledge, right. That's trapped in a lot of people's heads is mm-hmm. going to be a, a huge, um, huge benefit for the folks in these industries. Um, in the past, it has never really been possible. It was just, software that kind of mimicked the current workflows, but the productivity wasn't there. So I'm excited about the productivity gains um, and a little bit less scared, uh, especially on these older, tougher, uh, harder industries for the possibility of AI. I do want to talk a little bit about VC-backed companies uh, raising just over $44 billion in Q1. Uh, That's a 37% increase from the 32 that was raised in Q4 of 2022. So venture capital is, it's coming back. Um, and our AI is, is just a hot sector. Uh, but event, it was down for a while. Do you think that the influx of venture capital now is particularly excited about AI? 
and that you see a lot of firms looking to get off the bench and really start start playing ball here. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think it comes around to this concept of AI leapfrogging and technological leapfrogging more generally um, occurring when an industry or a market skips a step along the technology, technology transformation chain. Um, instead of learning to use a personal computer and then a mobile phone, you skip right to mobile. So the same way that mobile payments leapfrog credit cards in some markets and mobile phones leapfrog desktop con- computers in developing economies, I think AI will too have that kind of 10x leapfrog like uh, across legacy technologies that don't have a good enough kind of alternative in place right now. Uh, so I think that's why it's so exciting from a venture perspective, because we're seeing these 10 X products come out that can really disrupt legacy industries. And David, you came from Sacramento, uh, removed from the world of tech, as you put it. Uh, so what drew you to the space? And now as a, uh, more seasoned investor, uh, do you see just a, a, an uptick in competition? And how at Kyber Knight do you sort of differentiate yourselves from the armies of VCs that are going to be pouncing on this on this space? Yeah, no, I would uh, this space. I mean, like I said, a lot of these companies were not being able to be built even about a year ago, truthfully. Um, the, the capabilities weren't there. So I think... We're lucky enough to we invest earlier than than basically anyone else, right? We want to be that first check writer. So AI, these companies, people are leaving big companies because they're seeing the excitement, right? They're getting excited to say, "Hey, this is finally my reason to go start my own thing," right? Or I can finally solve this problem. So for us, super super excited about the space just by just seeing the amount of talent, right, going to it, um, especially in like you mentioned tech and especially later stage tech financing has been down, right? So there's a lot of folks that are maybe not as happy as they once were, or the companies aren't doing as well. And so like the, the, the just influx of talent and I guess excitement and optimism, right? Really gets me, gets me excited for the, the current VC market. But is it more than just optimism that's needed to really one appeal to that entrepreneur who wants to bring on the right partners yeah. Uh, I recently had a guest, uh, Kieran Sinha. She said no to a lot of VCs because they just didn't fit with how she saw her um, augmented technology company, uh, which is different than AI, but she's yeah. a, a, an augmented reality um, expert. Um, her startup had backing from Mark Cuban, KKR, and um, she was very adamant about bringing on the right VC. So how does yes. I, how does it how does it convince entrepreneurs to, that it wants to be the right partner? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, let's, I, just real quickly, Ari, I we actually really thought about this when we launched the new fund. Um, we'd always been a little bit more generalist in the past and said, hey, what have we? As we took a look back the last ten years of of the fund and us investing together what do we want to really institutionalize? Um, and that's on exactly what you said, right? Like why would anyone want to work with us? Um, and we believe, we think it's the biggest help we can provide is distribution and customer, right? Uh, I think especially with AI and, and some of this, the, the barriers to entry to build is extremely low these days, right? If we think the most important thing is distribution for our companies to have a unique ability to do or uh, 
really deeply understand an industry like no one else does, we should have the same exact kind of ability on our end, right? So we went out and raised um, outside of this institutional investors for about 50 individuals, CEOs, founders, execs in this couple buckets that we really focus on um, and AI being one of them. So that's our pitch. Um, and I think it, over time we can use our top down um, connections, right? Because especially selling an enterprise and convincing someone to use a new technology, it's, it's long, it's hard finding the right person is very important. Let us do that. Let's go find that first champion internally, right? And save our, our company's time. Yeah. And just adding on to that, David, I think we're seeing a lack of traditional tech moats um, in early stage startups. It's easier than ever to leverage no code and open source toolkits to build products that previously required massive amounts of technical resources and expertise. Yeah. And I think it's becoming more important than ever that these startups have a distribution advantages and b industry expertise and relationships. And I think that's something that we've been super intentional about, about trying to build, bring to the table um, with Kaibonite and kind of the ex-founders and CEOs that we raise money from who've done it before and want to help usher in the next generation. So you raise the capital. Uh, let's talk a little bit about where we're going to put that capital. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on which startups are very impressive to you guys, uh, whether it's uh, companies that Kybernite is looking at or companies that you've just even read about and, and talked to other uh, professionals in the industry. Like what, what, You're looking at it every day. Who's impressive and, and why? Yeah, I think we're... Um, very lucky because of raising the fund, like you said, even a, a downturn, we have the capital now, so we don't have to worry about it. So um, mostly, yeah, we've been very active um, and continue to be for the next, or plan to be rather, for the next probably six quarters before having to really even worry about it. So um, a lot of the companies that we're loving is what we're investing in, right? Uh, that, that's hopefully the, that's the best part of the job. Um, but I mean, I, I think Arne and I both have some different focus areas as well, right? I think AI is the over overarching, you know, excitement right um across basically every company but i spent a lot more time um in the intersection of that and labor right so i think some of the companies that we've invested out of the new fund um both on the software side and, and robotic side so a very cool company helping or not helping doing completely cleaning wind turbines um that is a extremely dangerous and hard job especially not just the wind turbines in the middle of the country, the wind turbines miles and miles out in the ocean, which is only where the world's going, right? So um, that is augmenting humans. There's, humans still are needed to operate the robot and be on site, but they don't need to be hung by a, a rope um, up in the middle or hundreds of feet up in the air, right? So something like that. And also some very interesting companies um, around the, I guess, application of AI inside of your own workflow. So we have a company that's making sure they understand how AI works inside of enterprise. They understand how do we actually integrate with the new incumbents or, or incumbents' new products or um, the startups' new products. So I think a lot of around labor is where we're getting really excited, or at least I am personally. Yeah, no, definitely, Davey. And just adding on to that, uh, you mentioned kind of augmented intelligence versus right. artificial intelligence. And we believe this next paradigm of technological evolution will be defined by this augmented intelligence, companies that are leveraging software and machines to enhance the work, expertise, and experience of a human user or worker. 
So one of the things we talked about before we hit record was how AI will strengthen America's core industries and why it's happening now. Why is this uh, uptick in AI uh, technology happening now? Um, Chat GPT was not on people's minds last year, uh, at least not the average person. Now it's 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 on the morning news. It's people like my mom are starting to learn about it and she would not have heard about it uh, prior to this. Uh, and on that same conversation, we're having folks like James Cameron talking about, I warned you against AI uh, back in 1984 when Terminator came out. Uh, and that's giving people sort of um, a bleak look at it. And so I guess I want to, I, I'm transitioning this into a, my question, which is what are America's core industries and why is this happening now? Why is this new tech uh, for old industries happening now? Yeah, um, this is a handful of reasons. I mean, one, what we've seen up close, the we're not backfilling the jobs. Um, trade schools or manufacturing, more, tr I guess, traditional, right? Even say defense or home building, right? Um, they've run for hundreds of years. That used to be a much more common path, I think, for folks either alternative from college or, you know, smaller towns away from the coast. We still don't have enough labor. So there is, it's no longer a nice to have uh, software and technology, right, for some of these industries because they've seen the writing on the wall. That being said, I, I, they all also worry about taking their jobs. So I think that really they're now interested in say, hey, we see how ChatGPT works. We kind of understand it a bit more now, right? It's not this like pie in the sky idea. We actually can tailor it to our job, right? Or our industry. Uh, so it's much more of this augmented. Um, so, so I think those are, that. that's one of the main reasons. The second main reason or second reason is macro risk, right? I mean, we know what's going on. Um, both we saw what happened in COVID, right? We're all interdependent. Um, supply chains and shipping and, you know, everything was turned on its head. So uh, one seeing, you know, a black swan type event uh, really makes people want to build for the next one, um, especially new companies. And then, I mean, geopolitical risk, right? I think we've seen um, a shift away from relying on other countries that we may or may not have as much influence on or conditions or all the above, right? And so a kind of reshoring or nearshoring of our industries is, is very on top of people's minds right now. So I think all those together uh, make it a great time to be selling, especially into those kind of older industries. All right. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I think uh, the, the way I put it is that Google has been the colleague who points us to a book in the library that can answer our question. And ChatGPT is the colleague who's already read every book in the library and can answer our question. And I think what we need to do now and look towards is this kind of retraining of our workforce. Um, three in five workers today hold a job that didn't exist 80 years ago. So you can kind of tell from that stat that the next 10 years are going to be defined by that retraining of a workforce and leveraging these new software tools to be augmentative to the human worker and enhancing their faculties um, as a member of the labor force. The one thing that I think is making people nervous is it's one thing to train new workers. Um, I imagine a lot of those workers will be younger, whereas a lot of the workers who um, will be phased out are going to be older. Uh, so when you talk about AI and the uh, strengthening America's core industries, right away, people think 
okay, older folks are not going to be able to learn new tricks. This is for the next generation. So you have a lot of people losing jobs while the tech guy is going to be getting the job. Uh, is that accurate? And uh, what do you say to folks who are who are nervous about that? And they see a, a firm like Kyber Knight as being the the perpetrators yeah. of that trend. No, I, I think it's a genuine concern, right? Like people people should be caring about their jobs and um, making sure they have security. It's one of the most important things you can you can do, right? And, and our societies have job security and wealth and a home. Um, so I, I understand where a lot of the fear comes from, but what we've seen is there's just not enough people backfilling the jobs. And then when they, you can't get a home in under two years, cause there's not enough people, you know, working in construction or there's a shutdown of the factory in a local town. Like that is much more devastating than um, kind of a, a, a shift in the world shift in the focus of kind of the workers, right? I think it's a lot harder to have to reopen a factory or anything or find a new industry for a town than, you know, retraining your workforce. So um, while I understand the concern, I think the ability to augment your intelligence, right, or your workflows will actually keep a lot of people in jobs that maybe like most of these core industries, right, are hard and dangerous and um, labor intensive, right? That's why people don't go into it they, as much as they have in the past. So could actually extend your your working years possibly or, or make it easier or more creative? I believe so. And just to add on to that, Davey, one interesting thing I'm seeing is something I'd, I've been calling the great succession, um, the generational wealth transfer that's occurring with small businesses as older generations age out and pass along their businesses to this digitally native younger generation. And right. so we have these millions of undervalued, profitable, cash-flowing businesses a closing without a succession plan in the lower middle market. And I think this AI makes it a really exciting time for entrepreneurship in the space and the rise of acquisition entrepreneurship, such funds are all knocking on the same door to take advantage of this opportunity and be able to leverage tools to run these businesses without the same kind of operational, uh, operational weight, I guess, let's call it, um, yeah. that they didn't have to in the past. And so AI for SMBs is a space that I'm personally super interested in, especially given kind of small businesses being the backbone of our economy. I think we're seeing quite a few FinTech uh, accounting tools for SMB that consists of many automatable tasks that they can do for these small businesses and help kind of support this generational transfer. Yeah. Well, when you talk about SMBs, my mind goes to private equity firms. Uh, yeah. A lot of the deal volume that's being done is in uh, low to middle market private equity firms. Um, ones that I've spoken to, they sort of see these um, high concept tech ideas like artificial intelligence as something that's not relatable to the portfolio companies that they're uh, looking at or they have invested in because they're their portfolio companies or the one or the targets that have yet to be acquired. So how is AI affecting private equity? And is that something that um, someone like my, someone I've known a long time, Karen Kovacic, who's a, a low to middle market private equity professional in Connecticut, what does she have to know about artificial intelligence? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up, Tony, uh, just because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it recently. 
Um, I do believe that AI will have a strong effect on private equity. I think when you think about gross margin expansion and enterprise value creation as like the fundamental pillars of private equity, so much of application layer AI is built around the same principles. I think we'll, I believe we'll see private equity firms hiring engineering teams to implement AI throughout their portfolio as a means for enterprise value creation and increasing operational efficiencies through automation and AI. David? Agreed. I mean, we think I, what we've seen um, has been a, a new shift as well as the ability to kind of merge the tech and the PE um, playbooks uh, on the earliest stages. I think what we've seen is traditional businesses, these SMBs still need to exist. It can't all be automated, right? But there are a lot of people that are trying to get out or sell. So what we've seen actually be a more common playbook for venture-backed companies is to go out and actually acquire some SMBs to both roll out their own software and, and test it and, and actually service clients versus, hey, hopefully we can go convince someone to, you know, buy a couple hundred thousand dollar software or million dollar robot, right? It, it, the, that newer That's a much newer playbook than we've ever seen in the past. And I think that also is... Um, a product of the market as well, right? In the past when everything was pretty and, you know, everything was going up into the right, people were more willing to spend money and, and try new things, right? I think especially for these more service-based industries, right? Like yeah. we want to make sure that core core solution or core goal rather is to serve the end customer, right? The average Americans, the the diner, at you know, um, or the, the kid on the soccer field, we're trying to cut the grass in time for their game, right? So yeah. that needs that needs to be the core focus and ability to own the whole kind of end end process, right? Versus just trying to throw a software solution at it um, has been proven to be really really successful so far. Give us an idea as to what the climate is now. Is it just all hands on deck artificial intelligence over Kyber, or is there other uh, aspects of technology that you're sort of looking at, or it just is the appetite really just strong for AI right now? Yeah, I mean, AI is one of the core buckets we've always been interested in. We've been investing in it for a while. But uh, no, there's, there's really four. We're a generalist fund. We follow smart entrepreneurs, right? I think um, it's our duty to follow the smartest people. And uh, if if I was the smartest person, I, I would be we starting something, right? If I could predict the future, that's what entrepreneurs should do um, or, or try to at least. Um, most of our time is spent in AI right now, basically because of like we were talking about earlier, the excitement around it, people leaving jobs to say, hey, this is really a platform shift. But other buckets, we spend a lot of time in commerce and e-commerce and all the infrastructure and enablement behind the scenes. That's still early. Um, labor, like we said, both on the kind of blue collar side, but also, you know, the knowledge worker, right? Like what are the new tools that as hybrid work still is still around, maybe not to the same extent, but how do we make sure we can communicate with each other or to security or share? Um, and then, and finally the built environment, I think that's something we've always been invested in um, or interested in investing in construction, real estate, real world assets, right. That we can all kind of re rely on uh, infrastructure, right. I think all these kind of categories and sure there's overlap, right. With AI and vertical software and um, robotics for these industries, but yeah, definitely is a little bit more unique than some other, funds who are a little bit scared of kind of the, the heavy CapEx intensive businesses that we think um, are great opportunities. Elon Musk, do you think he regretted leaving OpenAI? And do you, what was your reaction when you sort of hear him say in March when he called for a pause on AI development, but then 
only to turn around and say, oh, I'm starting my own AI thing now, which he did, uh, I believe, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it sounds like he, he, even the development of AI took him by surprise and he had some regrets. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's uh, not the first person to ask me about it. I'm sure it's not going to be the last. Yeah. Um, but I think with Elon, the race for super intelligence is definitely going to be super interesting um, in terms of how we're going to get to artificial general intelligence. I think I wouldn't have a strong stance pro Elon or anti Elon in terms of it's a massive opportunity. I think if anything, Elon is validating that building towards AGI and building towards super intelligence in a way that acknowledges clear downside risk and anthropological risk, call it, um, is a good thing for technologists and the world in general, especially kind of legacy industries. Um, and I think they'll come at it from different angles. Uh, let's call it, I think what's going to happen with open AI is we're going to see the rise of autonomous agents. Um, so these are AIs that can complete tasks on your behalf. And that's definitely a, a space that we're super excited about in the application rate layer right now. Um, because I, I think just last week I had my first kind of well, second since ChatGPT, wow, consumer experience with AI. Um, with what was it? Agent companies. Um, it's in stealth right now, but they're essentially building a browser that you can type in a natural language query. The example I gave it was, can you find me a two bedroom in New York um, under 10K? And I watched it basically click all the buttons on the browser and find me kind of a list of those apartments and I think under 10k a month yeah oh okay all right yeah, that's as a new yorker i could i could have probably given that answer but uh i, I admire <laughs> the uh, the ai well, uh, i was looking for some private outdoor space was my goal so <laughs> oh okay. it was a little more nuanced oh yeah it's nuanced but okay. i think i think the point is that it was using natural language to complete a task on a browser that would have required kind of clicking and doing several things. And I think the precedent that sets is really exciting for kind of the future of how we look at the internet and how we use interface with it. Right, right. Uh, David, what was your reaction to Elon? Do you think he was thrown for a loop with all his genius, quote unquote, and uh, ability to foresee trends? Do you think he, he kind of missed the mark on this one? I don't know if he missed the mark. I mean, I think we've seen he's uh he's passionate right um i think he sees the potential in open ai and probably is a little bummed he's not leading the charge right uh so i think i wouldn't say i don't know if this is more of a comment on his intelligence or was he right or wrong i think it's much more of him playing the game and and understanding like i need to be a part of this i'm gonna go do it myself sure i probably was a little had my feelings hurt a bit but um no i think he's I mean, clearly twitter has been a little different but three built three of the most important kind of companies in my opinion in the last 20 years uh, especially these really old hard industries that you sit sorry a car company and a rocket company are much different than marketing software right um so not that aren't big companies there as well but um yeah that'd be my my opinion i think it's a net positive that we have the smartest people in the world 
working on some of the most deeply anthropologically significant problems. So I think that that's how I'll put my take on Elon. <laughs> All right, last question. Um, do you foresee, it's a, it's a two-parter, uh, do you foresee an arms race in AI? Because we talked a little bit about the US and having an influence on other countries. Uh, David, you mentioned that earlier. Uh, is that indicative of an, of an AI arms race? And two, um, a significant technology that will change the workforce. Uh, Ari, like you said, um, what do you say to someone like um, a Justine Bateman, who is skeptical of the responsibilities on the part of studio owners and, and the CEOs who are in charge and want to scan actors' faces and so they don't have to pay them maybe half a day? and use their likeness for movies in perpetuity. Uh, so that's a two-parter. I guess the, the arms race question for David and the, the AI tech question uh, for Hollywood for you, Ari. I'll start with David. Yeah, I mean, I think we've already kind of seen it, right? Um, people or different firms are divesting from certain countries um, or coming out to say publicly, I will not invest in AI in a, a company or a country that may or may not be adversarial to us down the road. So I think there's a little bit, um, ideally I'd, I'd hope that the U S takes us an opportunity to get as much talent in to, to our universities and research. Um, because I think, yeah, it's, it's probably the most, at least in our time, the, the most important, um, technological advancement, right. Um, and we're going to upend everything. So the, the U S the U S have been, um, let's call it dominant or, or uh, world leaders in a lot of these technologies over the last 50, hundred years. Um, mm -hmm. It's important. To, it's important for us if we want to stay on that same stage or same, I guess, level uh, in the world order um, to treat it like an arms race um, and, and really double down on being the home for the smartest people to work on it. Yeah, Antonio, I'll, I'll actually add on to that. Just given I'm from London and uh, we just had Rishi, come out last month with his big plan for kind of investing in AI safety in the UK, mm -hmm. um, which I found to be super interesting. And it, I think a great sign that we're reconnecting government and our democratic institutions with kind of the emerging technologies. Yeah. Um, I think there's a risk that the distance between government and technology is perhaps the furthest it's been in human history, um, yeah. given that, when Zuck was speaking to the senator, it was easy to explain, Senator, we run ads, but it's going to be more difficult uh, for people like Sam Altman to say, Senator, we use large language models. <laughs> uh, so it's definitely something I'm super interested in, in terms of looking at going forward and rebuilding that bridge between kind of the people enforcing the regulation and the people building these uh, next generation technologies. Is, is this escalating too quickly without the proper rules and regulations in place. Like I said, like when it comes down to scanning uh, people's faces and not paying them uh, an entire day's work, uh, that gets people nervous. I mean, it might just be weaved into the dialogue of entertainment now, but it's sort of emblematic of how people feel in the future. And they sort of see the folks with the money as uh, the irresponsible per people with, with that are contributing to the problem and not solving it or creating more problems rather than solving them. Yeah. And just touching on kind of your Hollywood example, I think it's the perfect one right now. 
Um, and of course, regulations will have to be put in place properly to enable actors to monetize. And perhaps some of these business models in Hollywood are going to have to be re- rethought about. And I think that in the short term, though, the narrative should be shifted. Um, I think in Hollywood, AI has always been this villain, right? Um, powerful, mysterious antagonist. Right. But I think in the reality, we're seeing AI as a democratizing force in Hollywood. Um, I think some of the video effects uh, softwares we're seeing Adobe come out with, Runway ML, um, are enabling small filmmakers to do more with less and essentially expanding their creative faculties. Things that were previously required, massive budgets, massive resources, filmmakers are able to augment that using AI and create, fulfill their creative visions without the monetary barriers they had before. And I think that's what the narrative should be in Hollywood in the short term. Um, And as we move along in time, we'll, we'll see regulation and we'll see kind of proper monetization for actors. And I think the strike will be helpful in terms of determining what those, what that looks like. Gentlemen, I could talk about this forever. Uh, I loved having you on the show. Let's be sure to touch base again, because I think as this continues to escalate, any new investment Kyber Knight Capital makes, we would love to know about it, Benzinga. And uh, we look forward to hearing uh, more from you guys in the future. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.